Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and for the next 25 minutes, we're going to learn how to experience a spiritual breakthrough. It's easy to prepare for battle when you can see your enemy coming, but it's another matter entirely when your enemy is operating in the spiritual realm. So what should we do when we're feeling attacked? Well, we'll be looking at a special spiritual gift today to face the enemy, the gift of tongues. And Rabbi's going to take us to the books of 2 Samuel, Acts, and 1 Corinthians to support our case. So let's get started with today's message, the gift of tongues, here is Rabbi Schneider. We see an example of how to get breakthrough from the life of David. When David was anointed king, immediately the Philistines, when they heard of it, they attacked him. The truth is, is that when you are moving forward in Hashem, when you're moving forward in the anointing, when you're moving forward in your faith, in your walk with God, when you're moving forward in your ministry, you should understand that the enemy will respond to that and he will try to stop you by attacking you. And the Lord allows the enemy to respond because there's something about you and I engaging with the enemy and overcoming the enemy's attacks. There's something about us engaging and fighting that causes us to become mature sons and daughters. You see, somehow Father has ordained that you and I come into full sonship, that there's something that is required for you and I to enter into the fullness of sonship. And what is required for you and I to mature as sons and daughters is that we fight the enemy and overcome. So the Lord ordained that we would have an adversary. Think about Jesus, what happened when he was anointed by the Holy Spirit at the Jordan River. Most of us know the story. Yeshua goes to the Jordan River. He's immersed by Yochanan, John the Baptist. And as soon as Yeshua comes out of the river, the Holy Spirit descends upon him in the form of a dove. And the voice comes from heaven that says, you are my beloved son. And in you, I'm well pleased. The people that were there, John the Baptist heard the voice saying, he is my beloved son. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The point is, is that this is when Yeshua was anointed and called into ministry. Now, what's the very next thing that happens? The spirit of the Lord leads Jesus into the wilderness where Yeshua has to combat the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And it's not until after Yeshua faced the devil and overcame him in the wilderness, the Yeshua's ministry began. In other words, the Lord ordained that before Yeshua's ministry began, he would first have to face the assault of the devil and overcome him. This is why the scripture says that Yeshua was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. And then after Jesus faced the devil for 40 days, the Bible says he came out of the wilderness, listen, in the power of the Spirit. He was empowered as he clung to Hashem and resisted the devil's attack in the wilderness. 
And so this fight that we're in is part of God's plan for our life. When David realized he was being attacked after he was anointed, he didn't give up his kingship. He didn't say, well, it's not worth it because if I'm king, because David had just been anointed king, David didn't say, well, it's not worth it. I don't want to be king because if I am, the Philistines will attack me. No, instead what David did, the scripture says, he went down into a stronghold. So let's read it. When the Philistines heard this, that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek out David. Why were they seeking him? To kill him, to destroy him. When David heard of it, he went down to, listen now, the stronghold. When you and I are moving forward in the anointing, the enemy will respond. He'll try to stop us. And you and I need to be careful to, number one, recognize that what is happening is an attack of the enemy, whether it's in our circumstances something goes wrong, or we come up against a wall, or whether it's in our dreams at night, or whether it's our mind starts having all kinds of wrong thoughts. We need to realize what's going on. We need to realize it's not just something that's going on randomly or in the natural world. We need to realize that we're under attack. So when David heard of it, when he realized he was being attacked, he went down to the stronghold. So I want to talk about what it means to go down into the stronghold. But before I do, I want to give you one more example of something that happened in my own life in relation to this. I was overseas in Africa a few years ago preaching the gospel. And as I sat in my little room there getting ready to minister that day, I noticed that every thought, beloved one, that I was thinking was wrong. My thoughts were wrong about every single person, about every single circumstance. My mind had been bent by the enemy, and I realized what was going on. The enemy was attacking me. He was trying to stop me because he knew I was about to release the gospel, and thousands of people were about to get saved. This is what happened to David. I want to encourage you. Don't be ignorant of the schemes of the adversary. When you're moving forward in God, the enemy will come against you. You need to realize what's going on. You need to stand in your place. You need to hold your ground. And you need to go into, like David did, the stronghold. How do we go into a stronghold? David was going into a physical stronghold. I'm talking about taking the physical and helping you understand that really this is about something spiritual. I've noticed in my own life that when I am up against a big burden, when I'm carrying something great, I will transition into my prayer language. And what's really interesting about this is that I started using my prayer language before I even knew there was such a thing. No one had ever taught me about it. I was not schooled in it and not read about it. But what I noticed was that as a very young pastor, when I became particularly burdened about something that was going on in the ministry, I would just begin to speak to God from the depths of my soul in a language that was not English. And this is called tongues. It's a personal prayer language. But before you get thrown off, let me share with you. I want to bring comfort and understanding, if at all possible, to everybody right now. First of all, a lot of the teaching about tongues has been, in my view, incorrect. Tongues is multidimensional. There are many different types of tongues. For example, when we see in the book of Acts, chapter number two, that when the Holy Spirit first fell upon the church, those first 120 believers began to speak in tongues. We know the story. 
120 believers were gathered together in Acts chapter 2 in what's called the upper room. They're in the upper room. The day of Shavuot or Pentecost had come, which was the day that God revealed his glory to the children of Israel at Mount Sinai 1,500 years earlier. So it's just interesting showing the connection between the Brit Kadashah, the New Testament, and the Hebrew Bible. The same day the glory appeared on top of Mount Sinai, 1,500 years earlier with Moses and the children of Israel to that same day, now the Spirit of the Lord appears in glory again as they're gathered in the upper room. So here they were in the upper room recalling how Father God, how the God of Israel had manifested himself in fire on top of Mount Sinai 1,500 years earlier and wrote his law on the tablets of stone. As they're thinking about that in the upper room on Pentecost or Shavuot, suddenly a tongue of fire comes upon each one of those 120 believers and then he fills them with the Spirit and they begin to speak with tongues. But notice, the tongues that they spoke in were known, not unknown, but known languages. They began to speak in languages that they had never learned. Why? Because there were people that were gathered in Jerusalem that spoke many different languages. And the Lord wanted the gospel of Messiah Jesus to be proclaimed and heard by everyone that was there. In other words, he wanted the people that were there that didn't speak Hebrew and didn't speak Aramaic, he wanted them to be able to hear the gospel. So he gave those first 120 believers that had just been filled with the Spirit a supernatural gift to proclaim the gospel in a tongue that they had never learned, but the tongue that they spoke the gospel in was actually a real language. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and Rabbi will be right back. But first, did you know that you can receive real-time encouragement straight from Rabbi through text message? Visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com and click on the link that says Rabbi Text Me. Or you can text the keyword Rabbi to the number 88777. Rabbi sends these special text messages as the Holy Spirit leads, and he looks forward to connecting with you real soon. Thank you for remembering that Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a listener-supported ministry. Rabbi Schneider's teachings are made possible through the generous gifts from people like you, who understand the importance of sharing the good news of Jesus' return. Because of you, we are changing lives all over the world. Give online by visiting discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 800-777-7835. That's 800-777-7835. And now let's get back to Rabbi's message. Now what's interesting is that many times people are using Acts chapter two as a template for what should be everybody's experience. And so the teaching is, and I'm not trying to cause dissension here, but the teaching is, is that the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues, and they use Acts 2 as their reference. But what happened in Acts 2 is not what is actually happening in the contemporary church, because in the contemporary church, when someone says that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to speak with the tongue, that tongue is not an Acts chapter 2 tongue, because the tongue they're speaking in isn't a known language most of the time, but rather it's a prayer language. And so there are several different types of tongues in the New Testament. There's a tongue that is a supernatural ability to speak in a language that you've never learned, number one. 
Number two, there's a tongue that is spoken about in the book of Corinthians that is a unknown language. It's a supernatural language that's to be used in a corporate gathering. And when that tongue is used in a corporate gathering, there needs to be an interpreter in the gathering to translate what was just spoken. That's the second use of tongues. But the type of tongues that I'm talking about is not either of those. It's not the tongues in Acts chapter 2, which is a known language. It's not a tongue that someone stands up in a corporate worship services and begins to speak in a tongue, and then somebody else stands up and interprets. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something different. I'm going to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm reading in verse number 4. Paul says this, One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So we're talking about something entirely different now. We're talking about a tongue that is for the benefit of the believer. You see, every other gift of the Holy Spirit is a gift for the body. But the gift of tongues as a personal prayer language is not for the body, but it's for the gift of the individual, for the believer. So listen to what Paul said. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. See, you edify yourself when you speak in a tongue. And then he goes on in verse number five, he says, now I wish that you all spoke in tongues. Why does Paul want everybody to speak in tongues? Because it's a gift that can edify you. And so I believe that the ability to have a prayer language is not the initial evidence necessarily of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't believe you have to speak in a prayer language or in an unknown tongue to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, because I believe there are examples in Scripture where someone was baptized in the Holy Spirit and they began to proclaim the gospel in their known language. But I do believe that the gift of tongues as a prayer language is available to everybody. And a lot of times people, they feel like if you're able to do it at will, it must not be real. See, this is what happened to me. As a young believer, I noticed that when I got under an extreme burden, I would just transition into my soul, into like this low gear, if you will. It's like in the old cars, if you were going up a steep hill, you could put the car in low one or low two, it would bring the transmission way down low to give you much power. That's what I noticed happened to me. If I was under a bird, I'd transition down deep into my soul and I'd begin to speak in a tongue. It would just automatically happen. I was carrying a burden. I need to connect with Father about this. I needed to connect with the Spirit about this burden. And subconsciously, without even choosing to do it, I just did it. I just went down into this low place in the Spirit and began to speak in a prayer language that no one ever taught me about. I didn't even know what it was. I began to ask myself, is this what it means to speak in tongues? I wasn't sure. I thought it was. I didn't know what was going on. And then when I realized that I could do it at will anytime I wanted to, I thought, is this really real? I mean, if it was God, wouldn't it have to be him starting it within you and you'd only be able to do it when he was bubbling up from within you? But you can do it anytime you want to, I said to myself. How do you know if this is God or not? And so I began to lose confidence. I thought, maybe this isn't God. Maybe this isn't really tongues. And then as time went on, beloved, I came to the deep conviction. And now I feel like I know, no, this is my prayer language. I can use it anytime I want to. And I find that when I'm really burdened about something, 
I go into my stronghold oftentimes, which often is this place of using my prayer language. So I want to encourage you today, be open. If you just hear something in you, if you've never done this before, just begin to speak out what you hear and don't question it. Don't say this isn't really real. Just go with it. Just begin to, I don't want to say practice it because that sounds like you're performing. But what I want you to do is get you in the habit of using it because the Holy Spirit makes groanings, the scripture says, within us that are too deep for words. And that's what this prayer language is. It's the burden of the Holy Spirit in you. It's the burden of your soul being released by the Holy Spirit in the Spirit so that you can connect with God in a very deep and real way. So number one, when we're under attack, we can go into the stronghold by using our prayer language. Secondly, beloved ones, we go into the stronghold by just getting still and quiet before God, alone with God, and just begin to open our heart to Him. Just be real with Him. Just begin to talk to Jesus, whether it's out loud or silently, but go into a place where you're alone with God and just begin to open your soul to Him. Just sit before Him. Just rest in Him. Just ask Him for help. And as you do, He's gonna strengthen you and equip you for what you're going through. You see, David clung to God. When he realized he was under attack, he went into this stronghold and he clung to God. The Hebrew word for this is dvekut. It means clinging. We need to cling to God because when we're not clinging to him, we're vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. Some of you have heard me share the story. Years ago, I saw so many people that said they were Christians just falling and falling and falling and failing. And it really shook me up. Because the Bible says we should be victorious in Jesus. And it got to the place where I couldn't put it under a rug anymore. I said, Lord, unless you tell me why so many people that say they know you and believe in you seem to be failing and falling as a habitual pattern, I said, how can I believe in you myself? I said, Lord, if you're not helping them, how can I be sure you're going to help me? And I said, God, I can't go any further until you answer me. And I just remained in this place of being quiet before the Lord, just waiting for Him. I had confidence that He would speak, but I was sad. And the next day, as I was in this state, the Holy Spirit clearly spoke to me. And He said to me, the reason you're seeing what you're seeing with so many falling and failing is He says, it's because my people are not trusting me. But when the Spirit said the word trust to me, the word trust was full of revelation and meaning with the word clinging. He said, my people are falling and failing because they're not clinging to me. So I want to encourage you, beloved, when you're moving forward in the Lord, expect an attack. When you do get attacked, don't panic. Don't abandon the ship. Go down deep. Go into the stronghold. Get alone with God. Get still with God. Talk to Him and cling with Him. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and Rabbi has been talking about spiritual breakthrough. And if you'd like to listen to this message again, or if you'd like to share it with a friend, 
we invite you to visit us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And on our website, you'll be able to subscribe to our daily podcast or stream any of the programs you may have missed. You'll also be able to catch up on Rabbi's latest books, articles, and study guides. We have lots of messianic content to help you navigate your faith walk, including learning about all the different ways you can help support this ministry with your prayers and your gifts. And to share a little bit more about that right now, here is Rabbi once again. Beloved, neither you or I would go to a restaurant, order a meal, and then not pay for it, right? But yet we do that with God. I think that's why the Lord said in the book of Malachi, chapter three, will a man rob God? They said, how are we robbing you? The Lord said, in tithes and offerings. We're instructed in scripture to financially support those ministries that are blessing us and feeding us. If discovering the Jewish Jesus, if my life, beloved, in ministry is a blessing to you, would you support it? I'm telling you, the Lord will bless you for honoring him with your wealth. God wants us to respond to his love through our wealth. The book of Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 3, verse 9, this word, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first fruit of all your produce. I want to ask you, beloved, honor the Lord with your wealth through discovering the Jewish Jesus if he's blessing you through this ministry. At the very core of everything that we do and that we'll continue to do is Rabbi's commitment to teach biblical truth and his unique insights into the Old and the New Testaments bring clarity to God's word, which helps us understand spiritual breakthroughs better and in turn equips us to handle the enemy's attacks. And when you financially support this ministry, you're joining the team to help us share the message of breakthrough. So I want to encourage you to automate your monthly giving right now at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Or if you can't partner with us monthly today and you want to give a gift of any amount, just call 800-777-7835. And it's because of your faithful giving that Discovering the Jewish Jesus is broadcasting in almost every single country around the world. And as a token of our appreciation for your generosity, we'll send you Rabbi Schneider's Message of the Month that's available as a digital download. And then for our new monthly partners, we have an additional token of gratitude, an authentic handcrafted shofar made in Israel. And when you reach out today, make sure to let us know how we can be praying for you and your family this year too. Our prayer team lifts up every single individual request before the Lord, and we would love to hear how God is answering your prayers and how he is using discovering the Jewish Jesus to touch your life and encourage others. And now to wrap up today's study from our series on spiritual breakthrough with a special blessing here is Rabbi Schneider. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, When you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartations of the Lord's blessings. Yavah Vaishmarecha Yair Yahweh Panavelecha Vihunecha Isa Yahweh 
פניו אליך ואשם לך. שלום. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Let our prayer team pray for you. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us next time when Rabbi Schneider talks about the greatest breakthrough. So be listening Wednesday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.